Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, a fond and funny look back on the world's greatest cruise ship-based television show. I'm Ishvan, singer, songwriter, and TV fanatic. And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast. Join us as we relive episodes of one of the most watched TV series of all time. Occasionally deviating to pop culture charts unknown. So come aboard. We're expecting you for another edition of Loving the the Love Love Boat. Boat. Hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) How are you this? I can't talk. How are you this evening? (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. I'm doing all right. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm not doing well. It's been a long day. Okay, well, that's perfect. That's perfect uh, precursor to doing the podcast. Uh, hi, you guys. I hope that you've had a long day. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cruise vacation. Yes. Well, you know what? If you were an engineer, like <laughs> on this episode, because it seemed like a Polish engineer was <laughs> missing, you could have found a, 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 well, maybe not a free <laughs> trip on this cruise, <laughs> but some way onto a cruise. Well, as we know, I can just waltz on very easily. That's right. Just, That's your just, goal. Just show up on a cruise, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> All right. Hi, you guys. We are on episode 34, and we're so glad you're here. Michelle. Yes. Let's kick it. All right. Today, guys, this is actually a Thanksgiving episode. I know. And it's not really like the super focus, although it kind of is. I know that that's vague, but I think uh, everyone understands if you've watched it or you will as we go through this. But let's get to the storylines so we can uh, figure this out together. First, we have Man of the Cloth. Hang on. (laughs) Yes. So I was looking it up on Internet Movie Database. Okay. They don't call it Man of the Cloth. Oh, they don't? But I did see Man of the Cloth. They call it. The Minister and the Stripper. Yeah, I don't know. I think I um, actually, like, when I started to watch it, like, it's it's titled differently in the description of Paramount Plus, but then I just go by the show itself. Like, No, I, it did say that in the title. Like, it scrolled across, and then I, when I was looking at my notes, I'm like, man of the cloth. Yeah, I don't know. There's weird discrepancies with things. And then mm-hmm. again, we've covered that, like, certain, like, main cast members are excluded from the show. Right. As far as, like, them getting any kind of credits. I don't know. I have, you guys, um, depending on which way you see it, I have Man of the Cloth, written by Fred S. Fox, and Seaman is back, Seaman Jacobs. We also have Her Own Two Feet, written by Ann Gibbs and Joel Kimmel. And finally, we have Tony's Family, written by Henry Coleman. I'm going to get right into it. Please do. All right. First, we have the great Van Johnson. Who is Van Johnson? And was he in a thresher accident? Because I couldn't stop staring at the <laughs> All right, yes, scar I... on his head throughout this entire thing. So, yes, he's an actor from, you know, you've seen him around in everything, movies, TV shows. Likewise, I could not stop staring at the gash in his forehead. So I did a little research. Thank you. And from what I found out, he was uh, filming a film called A Guy Named Joe in 1943. It was in a near-fatal car crash. Wow. And they ended up putting a metal plate in his head as a result. Wow. Yeah, and then fun fun fact, he was with it- Spencer Tracy and Irene Dunn in the play, and they were going to like can him, I guess, from the film while he convalesced, but they threatened to quit the film altogether if they didn't wait for him to get better. The actors did? Yeah, so they wielded their power they waited he got better and then that kind of like kicked off his career 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, we were just watching this weird thing today. I make Michelle watch weird stuff in the beginning of the day, and there was a guy who went to Shelly Winter's home before it's about to be um, raised in Beverly Hills. And then we found out that like the actor, what was his name, Ronald Johnson or whatever his name was on the film, mm-hmm. she kept screwing up because she was so nervous. And he said, "You're you you earn this role. You're not going to get kicked off. Calm down." So it's kind of nice to know that like maybe things like that happen. Yeah, he gets in an accident. We're going to kick him off the film. That's <laughs> we brutal. can't wait. We well, got to get this film out. We cannot wait for him to get better, even though he almost died and now has a metal plate in his head. Well, yeah, the uh, the metal plate headed Van Johnson is uh, on this episode as Burt Weiler. Also, another fact about him, which I could kind of see now, he was another closeted Hollywood actor who they married off a bunch of times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, Michelle. <laughs> I'm filling in for your mom. Man, alive. Information today. For being exhausted, you are. <laughs> You are really representing. <laughs> All right. Who well, else? that's the only person I really have a ton of information. Oh, that's a, on. hey, that's more than enough. All right. Who else do we have? Then we have uh, June Allison, who played his wife, Audrey Wilder. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she's been in all kinds of movies from the '40s on. She's she's a fairly famous actress. Mm-hmm. And then we have Vivian Blaine, who played the helmet-haired Barbara Sharp. You mean the ghost of Lucille Ball? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like the, I was looking her up too, and she like is most famous from I guess Guys and Dolls, and um, okay. she's really pretty. And then all of a sudden, she got that crazy helmet hair when she in the seventies. Her fright wig that she was wearing. <laughs> I liked her though on the show. She, I liked her a lot. I did too. And then her husband was played by oh, he was awesome. Alan Young, as you know from Mr. Ed. Oh, okay. No, I I don't remember. Yeah, I'm terrible. But yes, of course, that that's a famous well, famous show. But he, I liked him on this a lot, and his clothing was. I was gonna say you probably awesome. were a little like, you know, didn't put two and two together because yeah. he like groovied out. He like yeah. grew out his hair. It was oh, he lighter. Had, like, ascot on or whatever. <laughs> he had, like always like a groovy like 1970s blazer. Kind of hippied out a little bit there. Yeah, he had a great look going. <laughs> we have Peter Graves. Yes, as Reverend Gerald Whitney. Yes. Mission Impossible, and as most people our age know, Airplane. <laughs> he was awesome. Hey, who's he partnered up with on, uh, on this cruise? No one better than Roz Kelly. Pinky Tuscadero mm. is on this cruise, but I don't think they ever say her name. No. She's even credited as Reverend Whitney's girlfriend. That's it. They never say her name on this. That, at least I didn't hear it. They don't even credit her with a name on it, which is weird. And then finally, Larry Storch. Is, please tell me Larry Storch is like 2% Italian. I have no idea, honestly. I, I should have looked that up. Because he strikes me as not being Italian, and he is playing an Italian on this, and he's playing Tony Shantini. <laughs> the terrible fake Italian the whole, accent. Well, when we get into his episode, I found the whole thing weird. Yeah. All right, let's, do, let's get into the weirdness. Well, hey, what about the little boy? Angelo? <laughs> yeah. He's played by Tony Latore. So oh, he said know. he does sound Italian and by that head of hair. Yeah, you got he had a good head of hair. And he was our age, literally our age then. So that's how old we were when this show came on. We were the same age as Angelo. Yeah, we were. <laughs> he really stole the show. He was a sweet, adorable little kid. <laughs> Obsessed with gambling because he kept <laughs> ending up in the little gambling casino. <laughs> the really tiny, sad gambling casino. Because I imagine on cruise ships now, a gambling casino takes up a whole floor oh, of a ship. Oh, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> From what I've seen, yes, it's it's remarkable. 
All right, let's do this. Let's get into it. As, as we arrive on the ship, there is an immediate dilemma. And as I said, there is a Polish engineer who, what happened? He, he the, got sick. So he got sick. And so they need somebody to still, uh, you know, man the engineering duties. And so <laughs> the captain just decides, tell Tony Santini, who has made plans with his entire family for Thanksgiving, tough luck, buddy. You're staying on the ship. Well, sir, I guess everything's in order. Not quite. Chief Engineer Kulewski just phoned in sick. Sick? Well, now, what are we supposed to do? We can't sail without a chief engineer. Where are we going to get one at this late date? And how come he picks today to get sick? And why does this always have to happen to me? Keep Tony Santini on board. Cancel his leave. Oh, but, Captain, it's Thanksgiving. Tony's made plans with his family. He's not going to like this. Miss McCoy, let me remind you the responsibilities of command are rough. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> well, I'm not telling him. Oh, sure. Sure, leave the dirty work to old Gulf, right? Well, why does it always have to be me? Hi, Tony. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too, Tony. Uh, Tony, wait. Uh, Gopher has something to tell you. Well, say it quick. My family's waiting for me in the car. Well, Tony, you have a good vacation. Thank you. Tony, um, Kulaski just phoned in sick. He's got the flu. Uh huh? Now, don't yell, but you have to stay on board. Awesome. <laughs> I promised my family a vacation allowance. I make all of the plans. And now you tell me I gotta stay on board and work when I'm not gonna do it. Tony, please, we can't sail without you. Julie, you understand. Renat and little Angie, they're waiting for me in the car. And with me, my family comes first. Tony, how would Renata and little Angelo like to take a cruise? Like, really, that's so terrible. Yeah, I don't know. The captain doesn't care, but it's also was kind of funny because he's like he wasn't going to tell him, so he left it to Julie to do. I know, poor Julie. <laughs> but they invite, yeah, like his whole entire family, and they only think it was going to be uh, Angelo and Renata, but it turns out it is the whole crew. His mom, his uncle. A chicken. Okay, let me just say one more weird thing about this. You're like, he can't stay in his room because he has a roommate. Yeah. Well, why not have the roommate stay with somebody and oh, then Michelle. have... Michelle. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why, why would you... That's so silly. To why? Suggest... It's just so simple to move the roommate rather than try to find places for an entire you know, family. Simple is one way of looking at it. Uh, <laughs> wrong would be another one. <laughs> I know there would be no plot. and then there would Your be no love st- boat, the one that you write would <laughs> be so, so boring. boring. <laughs> it would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> you really should right now It'd be write the shortest it. episode ever. <laughs> I would love it. That would be so great. <laughs> now, we have that, which is a pretty elaborate dilemma, but we still have other guests, like guests that purchased a ticket coming onto the ship. We are introduced to the minister. Reverend Whitney. Oh, Mrs. Sharp. What a, what a pleasant surprise. <laughs> you can't escape the woman's auxiliary. They're everywhere. I don't believe you've met my husband. Reverend Whitney, Bill Sharp. Oh, yes, the empty seat next to Mrs. Sharp every Sunday. Conflict of interest. Sunday's the only day I can get to the track. <laughs> I like to think Phil does his praying away from church. I do, I do. But the way the ponies have been running, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> really, 
This is just wonderful. I mean, I'll arrange for you to sit at our table, and we can introduce you to just oh so many. Barbara, wonderful. Barbara, don't worry. I'll do my best to keep her out of your hair. <laughs> Coincidence that two of his parishioners are on the. Well, one, because the husband doesn't go to church. Yeah, I He's like gambling. He's a freewheeling dude. He has nothing to do with church. I liked his whole his whole act. I did, too. I liked his character. And then we are quickly, uh, just, we, we quickly, it's very, very brief when Audrey Weiler and her husband Bert make it onto the ship because these guys are in turmoil because she is having a very serious ocular issue. You know, they're just kind of whisked onto the ship to, like, go to their room. Yeah, yet another blind person on a cruise ship. Was there a blind person before? And yeah. Who am I forgetting? Um, they, it's like two, the, oh, shoot, it was the, the young couple. I can't think of who. Oh, there was, like, a pretty girl who was Right, blind. and then she met her old friend from blind oh. school, and then he oh, wasn't blind Oh, that was with Desi anymore. Arnaz Jr., right? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I like that one. So, again, if I'm blind, the last place I'm going to be is on a cruise ship. So, Michelle, when we're all in, like, Julie's cabin or whomever's cabin and they're divvying up the rooms, were you freaking out the entire time <laughs> when they were deciding who was going to stay where? Kind of. This was funnier when the Marx Brothers did it. <laughs> put everybody. Don't talk. You're using up oxygen. We're going to put everybody. We can't put him in Tony's cabin. He's got a roommate. Well, we're just going to divvy everybody up. Gopher, you can take the kids. Uh, Renata and Tony, if you don't mind, you can sleep on cots in Doc's waiting room. And Uncle Gino, you can bunk with Isaac. Uh, he's a little hard of hearing. What's the difference? He doesn't speak English anyway. <laughs> just leaves Grandma and she can stay here with me. No, we need a place for the chicken. Don't fool Grandma's chicken. She likes the children to have fresh eggs. Oh, well, that'll be different. I've never had a chicken for a roommate. Be grateful she's not into goat's milk. Yeah. Everybody, just make yourselves at home. And on the passenger decks, blend in with the other people, okay? When it comes to meals, we'll bring you your food. And kids, here's a little spending money. All right? There's silver dollars. I get them from Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas gets them from me. Okay, remember, stay clear of the captain at all times. Gino, mama, statendo al capitano. Ah, ho capito, ho capito, sì, sì. Grazie, grazie. L'ultima volta che io sono stata sul pilosto, ero giù nella stiva. Questa volta finalmente vado in prima classe. What did she say? <laughs> she says, thank you. The last time she was on a ship, she traveled steerage, and now she's finally going first class. Well, welcome aboard. <laughs> Poor Julie gets the grandma and the chicken. Yeah, it is a little strange. Although once I was on a plane to Mexico, and there was a chicken on the plane. Yeah, no one in my family, my Italian <laughs> family, ever had a chicken, ever. You know, it's not, it was not a thing with us. Um, not that I remember. She's old, old world. I guess so. So Van Johnson and June Allison have a very, very heavy moment in the um, in their cabin because she's disclosed. Well, bottom line is she's blind. She's gone blind, but she refuses to kind of admit it, right? Yeah, she can't accept that this is now her fate. And, you know, he's trying as hard as he can to face it all, move on to this next chapter of their life. You know what I hate, Michelle? I hate the term cold cream. <laughs> I've always hated it, and I don't know why. And she's unloading all of her stuff. And then she's talking about, like, knowing the difference between, like, toothpaste and cold cream. 
What is cold cream, Michelle? I, I believe it's like a like you put it on at the at the end of the day, and it kind of helps remove your makeup. Was that it? You put the cold cream on, and then you wipe it off, and it wipes off. Which which leads me to who does her makeup? Well, th- she goes to the beauty parlor. That's the thing. He's that's later on. We're jumping the gun, but that's the other thing that was like a pretty popular thing. Certainly with your grandmother, from what I remember, certain <laughs> women they would make regular appointments to go to the beauty parlor. So there, there's no problem there. There well, was a mannequin woman with her hand later on on the ship in her like you know you're soaking in palm olive or whatever, and she looked like a <laughs> cadaver, sit, like sitting there completely frozen. That lady did look very with very the black weird. hair. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but but she's like. Going to the beauty parlor once a week and then keeping her makeup on for a full week. She's got her cold cream. Oh, I don't. You know what? Honestly, save it for your episode. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, no makeup on blind people in my episode. <laughs> so she just is bummed. And you can understand why. Sure. And you it's can, a new thing for her. Absolutely. A huge, huge thing in her life to have to deal with. And she's just not handling it very well. And he is trying, her husband, as hard as he can to show her that there is a life beyond sight. Dresses on right, slacks and jackets on the left, okay? Oh, I never remember. It's all right. I'll be here to help you dress. Oh, Bert, I'm never going to make it away from home. Audrey, you're unpacking your makeup case just like every other woman on board this ship. Oh, big deal. Anybody can tell the difference between a, a tube of toothpaste and a jar of cold cream. For everything else, I need you. Sweetheart, your sight has been deteriorating badly for the past year. Your eyes are never going to be the same. So we'll both just have to adjust to it, that's all. Adjust? You don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what it's like not to be able to do anything for yourself? But you can learn. You can go to the Institute and learn. Learn what? How to make brooms and baskets. You can learn to deal with your problem. And they'll teach you to read Braille. I'm too old to learn Braille. Oh, no, you're not. I brought along your cane just in case you decide to use it. But I can't use that cane. People will think I'm... I'm blind. You are, Audrey. Don't say that. Don't say that. Sorry, baby. I'm here. I'm here. She may not be blind, but she's pretty meddling. That's a pretty fancy segue. What? <laughs> Mrs. Sharp. Oh. <laughs> she, uh, you know, like, again, coincidence that two people from the minister's parish. One. He well, doesn't oh, yeah. go. He That's gambles. Right. You're right. You're right. He plays the ponies. She happens to be, they happen to be on the cruise ship. And then they mention that he is recently widowed. Talk about cold cream. That lady's got to put a lot of cold cream on. She had tons of makeup on her she face. She really did. Holy mackerel. She looked like a clown. They didn't really go together. No. He he looked like 20 years younger than her, he first of all. And then, like, I don't know. He's seen, well, I'm sure when he's at the track, he probably has a few dates on the side <laughs> when <laughs> she's in he's church. with strippers. But she's obsessed at this point now because... If this is a pleasure cruise, don't spoil it for it. What an awful thing to say. I was only trying to make his cruise a little more pleasant by introducing him to some nice young lady. What's with you and all your cronies? Why is it so important to get this guy married? Because he has been a widower for years, and it is more seemly for a minister to be married. You're just trying to make sure he doesn't have any fun. Oh. (laughs) 
is a likely prospect. Why don't you let him pick out his own girl? Remember what the good book says. Sex will find a way. That is not in the Bible. You have your good book, I have mine. Oh. So then Pinky Tuscadero walks in. But she seemed way too young for him, but what do I know? Yeah, really. She also talked about age disparity. She was like 50 years younger. I don't know. Maybe it's just because he has that silvery, silvery it could be. hair. He's probably because he has that like straight up, gray, probably had gray hair since he was 12. That's so. not gray. That's like white hair. <laughs> it's just like white, super white hair. That is isn't. That is something. There's, there's. We'd have to ask Doc, what is this <laughs> condition when there's no pigment in your hair of any kind? Because it seemed like he... I can't remember. Mission Impossible. I feel like he even had it, or it was maybe peppery. I gotta. I have to look at some pictures. But um, you know, whatever. Of course, she takes the seat next to him on the deck by the pool, and they hit it off. But the meddling lady decides that like she's gonna make sure that they continue to to hit it off because doesn't she say she's gonna mess with their dinner assignments? Yeah, she. Well, they make a point of saying I'm gonna find out her name, and then we never get the woman's name. <laughs> no. Yeah, then she's going to make certain that they're partners at dinner. I feel a nice, warm glow about this. You really outdid yourself, honey. Not only did you arrange for them to have dinner, but you also arranged for yourself to hear every word they say. (laughs) I happen to be a very interested party. I think I've had enough of your parties. I've got a sermon that can put you to sleep in three minutes. <laughs> well, I don't usually uh, play 20 questions. What do you think I do? Oh, let's see. Um, I know you're an international spy. You are really Mr. Willis from Winnecke. <laughs> you're warm. I'm a dancer in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know that I once thought about taking tap dancing lessons. Oh, well, that's not really my specialty. I mean, mostly what I do is take my clothes off. <laughs> Did you see the giant glass of liquor that the woman was drinking at her table? I did. And then the other thing, when when the husband leaves, yeah. and every time he leaves her, did you ever notice the surprised look on her face? No. She's always shocked that he's leaving when she's totally meddling <laughs> in other people's business. No. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a weird soap opera. Like they would pan to her surprised-looking face. No. She was mostly shocked when she discovered that Pinky Tuscadero is an exotic dancer in Las Vegas. I'm surprised Doc didn't recognize her. Not like an ex-wife or something. Yeah, because he always has all these connections to Las Vegas, so you think that he'd know all of the people, all of the ladies. It's true, because he, earlier he had given those the children of Tony uh, silver dollars that he picked up in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, a little pocket money for the kids. <laughs> yeah. That was a cool move. 
I like that. I thought that that was kind of great. It is. Here's one silver dollar for you. <laughs> Something my grandma would have done. <laughs> you know, Doc is not only smooth, you know, in that way, right. but he's also incredibly perceptive, Michelle. Good evening. Oh, hello, Doctor. Would you think it very forward of me if I asked your beautiful wife to dance? Oh, I would love to dance. As a matter of fact, she used to win a lot of trophies. Ah, and I bet you're just as good as ever. No, I'd rather not. Thank you. Well, I was at the top of my class at Arthur Murray's. Sir, please take me back to the cabin. It's been a long day. Please excuse us. Don't tell me that a woman is blind to your charms. She is blind. But she won't admit it. That, that that whole part was very dramatic. I loved that scene so much. She is blind. There's a lot of killer like like ways that they wrap things up and tie things together. This is like a pretty classic episode. I like this episode a lot. We didn't ask in, or say in the beginning, but I do really enjoy this episode. It, it, you're right. It was a very classic like episode. Just super solid, like the super solid love boat that like I'm kind of looking for because they did some of those things where they're taking on these really heavy things and they nail sort of like the breaks into commercial and stuff. And that was a great one, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, Doc... He's an amazing guy. He really is. And they're lucky to have him on the ship, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're lucky to have the entire crew, quite honestly, because our favorite, Isaac, <laughs> is, you know, always in great spirits. And he's kind of like making his way down the hall with a big tray of warm milk. <laughs> in a glass glass. You know, they're all trying to, like, keep this uh, Italian scandal away from the captain. Of course, he bumps into the captain and he, he's quick thinking. And kind of gets him off the scent and then heads into Gopher's room to help him out with the kids. Pokey little puppy had to go to bed without a single bite of shortcake and he felt very sorry for himself. Now the next Where have you been, man? Hey, the fuss. <laughs> oh, those two fell asleep after the great big fire engine. But Angelo here has had five stories and he's still going strong. <laughs> Angelo, ready to go to sleep now, right? One more story. One more, okay? <laughs> New seven-day cruises to Mexico. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me try. Okay, here, take this. Here you go, Angela. I had to take this milk, you know, enjoy it, now relax. Now listen, I'm going to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was this cool, laid-back chick with yellow frizz in her hand. I mean, she was called Goldilocks. And she got lost one day. I mean, L-O-S-S-T, lost. Now, what she did was she hot-footed it to the nearest pad, and she gloms on the three bowls of grits. A big bowl. So the groovy version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears puts the kid to sleep. His funky fairy tale? <laughs> yeah. Did you see how he hypnotized Angelo into some sort of paralysis? Where I know, the way the kid was laying. He, he looked like, a, like an iguana in like cold temperatures. It just like froze up. <laughs> I don't know what he slipped in that milk. There was some sort of Mickey in that milk because that kid just like went into like, a, like some sort of like frozen state. It was a weird choice for Angelo. His method acting. I'm going to go out like a light on this one. But it was great. He was telling, yeah, Goldilocks, isn't that what he was doing? Yeah, it was like a, a groovy, funky It was version. awesome. That's it. 
you leave it to Isaac and Isaac takes care of business all Isaac's the time. Amazing. That was a pretty awesome scene. I really enjoyed that one a lot. <laughs> Let's talk about the chicken. What about it? I always like when, when the captain like thinks he's going crazy and then like he's hearing the chicken and he's asking people if they hear if they hear a chicken and they're of course all saying no. But then he goes to talk to Doc about it. Maybe he's so concerned that he had to see the doctor. <laughs> I think I'm hearing chickens. Good morning. Good morning, Captain. Doctor, I need to uh, what are these cots for? Uh cot drill, you know, like lifeboat drill. <laughs> Uh, Adam, look, I want to ask you something, and I don't want you to laugh. Go ahead. Just don't laugh. You're going to laugh, that's for good. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh. Well, I can't trust the doctor. Just don't laugh. Meryl. All right, all right. Uh, have you seen any chickens on the ship? No, sir. Have you heard any chickens? No, sir. Just my imagination, I guess. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. And then Doc Michelle laughs his ass off. That was excessive. I like that, though. I, I thought it was great that he was just laughing hysterically at the captain because he knew that he's not crazy. He knows what's going on, and he was right. just enjoying that he was kind of mildly tortured. Now, Michelle, when... You stow away onto a ship. Yes. It's just a matter of time. It really is. I'm curious, you know, will you have uh, a pair of like wedges to wear? Will it just be sandals? And when you go swimming, will you keep your pantyhose on? <laughs> so funny. I totally have it in my notes. Like they, when they go back to her hotel room. They hotel had room. just been swimming, the Reverend and Pinky Tuscadero. They're coming back from the pool. At some point, he talks about his trunk still being wet. She full-on has pantyhose on. She is wearing nylons with her swimsuit. Every woman has pantyhose on all the time when they have shorts on, and it's such a bizarre look to me. It's not a cool, But maybe it was look. some it's kind weird. of like practices and standards thing that they had to have it on or something. Like they couldn't show that much bare leg or I don't know. See, I think it's brave that you just showed your dyslexia to everybody. Practices and standards, not standards <laughs> and practices. You were so brave. We're going to get through this together. Michelle, thank you for sharing this with the audience. And, and, and you know, nylons were very popular back then. Too. They were. It's just a weird, weird thing. In I didn't egg. understand. Yeah, the egg. Legs. Uh, <laughs> it's called legs. 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 <laughs> yeah, but after this, like, it was weird because, like, Gary, what's his name? Gary Collins? What's his name? Oh, <laughs> what's his Gary Collins. Same kind of hair. What's this dude's name? Peter Graves. Peter Graves. He, he's he, a little forward. Like, yeah, he closes the door and right. he kind of opens it. Not kind of. He just went right into the room. And I thought <laughs> right. something, I thought a red buttons moment was about to happen. And I got a little nervous I because did too, I didn't want, oh my God, I didn't want that to happen. And then he came into the room and she, maybe because he didn't mean anything by it. And she didn't want him to misconstrue that like she was easy because she was a dancer. Correct. Because she was really starting to to like him and vice versa. And then they just have just like a nice moment with each other. But a Michelle Mike coincidental moment happens because as he leaves the room with his damp trunks, <laughs> who's skulking down the hallway? Helmet head. Oh, good morning, Mrs. Sharp. Uh, but that's uh, not what it looks like. We just came from an early morning swim. Uh-huh. Then you want to check my trunks? They're still wet. <laughs> I am shocked, and I don't care if you know it. 
Now, if you persist in carrying on with that sort of woman... A woman of what sort? Well, the sort of woman who would just... A woman who would be good and kind and wouldn't take a pot shot at another human being if your life depended on it. Well, I just hope you have sense enough not to let this go any further. Mrs. Sharp, no, this is really none of your concern. Probably not. But the board of trustees will certainly make it theirs. In a very threatening manner, she threatens to go to the board with his affair with this woman. Well, not really an affair, but like... Scandalous relationship. You would never know she was a, a, a stripper, though. She doesn't even... She dresses very conservative. She wears nylons with her bathing suit. Yeah, you don't see she's, her real skin. No, and she's genuinely a nice woman. Yeah, she just shows two legs that look like hot dogs walking around <laughs> the ship. So it's like, that's as modest as you can kind of get Maybe while that still needs being to make a comeback. Ugh, can only hope. But speaking of modesty, our poor, unfortunate, unsighted protagonist and her husband wearing every article of clothing that they brought onto the boat to sit outside on the deck are soaking up the sun, in air quotes, because, again, every inch of their body is covered by clothing. True. He's like a suit on. <laughs> Full sport coat, shirt, yeah. pants, weird red socks and shoes, <laughs> casually reading a book. And then she's got like, a, I don't even know. She has a full, you know, like outfit on as if they're about to go to dinner. But they're they're sitting in two, you know, deck chairs talking. And he's still trying to make the best of it. And she is still sad as can be. And he tries to throw like, you know, the, the incentive of hitting the beauty parlor. Why don't you play shuffleboard? You know, you love shuffleboard. I'll just sit here. I won't leave you here alone with nothing to do. How about dominoes? Oh, Pierce, you know I hate dominoes. Then we'll just relax and enjoy the sun. I've got an idea. Why don't I buy my best girl a drink before she goes for her beauty parlor appointment, huh? What beauty parlor appointment? The one I made for you. Why? Don't I look all right? Is everybody staring at me? Audrey, nobody's staring at you. But you always went for your beauty parlor appointment once a week. Why change now? Everything's changed now. Not relaxing are the crew. Yeah, they can't get no sleep. They got all these. I could not. Can you imagine having just strange people being in your room with you? Well, Some old woman and her chicken or two. Like, Gopher's got kids in it. Why didn't Julie take the kids? Right. That's It's so crazy, the decisions they make sometimes on the ship. And where was the uncle? The uncle was with Isaac. Oh, he was? Yeah. And then also, the couple were... Well, Doc had it the best because the couple were in the front part of his office, so he still had the back part of his office to sleep in. But is this the part, though? This part made me happy, maybe. Is this where, like, they go and then they smell the Italian food coming out of the room? Could be. I think it is. And Evie and I had the same situation, even though Michelle was telling us it wasn't happening (laughs) (laughs) not too long ago, like around Easter. And to me, honestly, there is no better smell, honestly, than what they were saying is Italian food is the greatest thing in the world. So they go in and the, the whole family's making pasta. And that's something that I relate to very much growing up. And it's it's a wonderful thing. And they're all having fun. Isaac goes out to go get some Chianti. <laughs> and so they're all just having like a great lunch. But what happens, Michelle? Chicken escapes. 
In my considered professional opinion, I'd say you have a sore back. It's been that way all morning. I hope Uncle Gino slept well. No one over eight years old should have to sleep on a cot. Oh, you think babysitting is more fun? Hmm? How about sleeping with a chicken clucking all night? At least you know it's real. The captain thinks he's losing his marbles. Wait a minute. Why is my mouth starting to water? Garlic. Manya. Tomato sauce. You're all losing your marbles. <laughs> Our boy Angelo realizes that the chicken has escaped and left the room. Yeah, so he runs out to go chase it down. Who and happens to be walking by? <laughs> he has a chicken, chicken radar. The captain, <laughs> and then at first he's relieved, right, to think that he wasn't going crazy, but then it hits him. Dinner's ready, everybody. Ah, no. Angelo, Angelo, he's not here. Neither is the chicken. Oh no. Would you like to explain this chicken? Of course, sir, but first how about some spaghetti? So that was like a classic, though, sitcom-y type thing where, like, the door opens and then there's the captain with the kid and the chicken. I thought it was all good, though, because even though these are, like, standard sort of, like, things, the way that they did it all, because the family's having fun and they're all eating and that's kind of the nature of something like that. When your family's together, it's all chaotic in a great way. And then stuff like that could happen, like all of a sudden the dog gets out or the cat gets out or something, and then one of the kids runs and goes and gets it, right. and then he comes back. So that whole scene, like I said, most of this episode, I really like the way that they put all these little scenarios together. But <laughs> <laughs> then the stern side of the captain comes out. The dilemma. Oh, my gosh. Sir, it's all my fault. I take full responsibility. It was the only way I could think of to keep Tony on board. Oh, and are you prepared to pay passage for all of them? Well, sir, I... Julie, you know that stowaways have to pay the fare or get off the ship, whether the crew invites them or not. Oh, come on, sir. You're not going to put Tony's family off in Ensenada. <sighs> the line has rules, and I have to follow them. Officially, they are stowaways. Well, then, sir, I'll pay if I have to, but I just don't have the full 1500 right now, sir. Bigger in crew rate and kids at half her? I do. <laughs> I was afraid of that. Well, then we'll all kick in. Right. I'll kick in myself. Now wait. Now wait. Nobody pays for Tony Santini's family except Tony Santini. Now this cruise is on me. I may have to put in a little overtime, like 10 or 12 years worth. Now don't worry. Don't worry. Here we are. Compliments of the camp. I'm not going to lie. $1,500 for five people or whatever is reasonable i suppose on a cruise but now when you well well here yeah okay i know what you're gonna say 
he was supposed to be on vacation with his family. Right. And then they, Captain made him come on this cruise, so it should be a wash and nobody should have to pay. Right. I mean, like, that's insane. Like, like letter of the law about, like, stowaways and stuff. Did Charles have to pay every time she was a stowaway? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, this is the only part I really did not like because this poor guy, they were very sweet and he was coming on and he was foregoing his whole family thing during Thanksgiving. Right. And then somehow they're going to be beholden to come up with this money to pay for this this entire cruise, which is not even a cruise because they're all having to sleep in these funky rooms and stuff. It's not like they're getting some sort of like VIP treatment. They're all having to hide and eat right. random food. They can't eat at the buffet like everybody else. It's not like they're they're getting all the, the um, amenities of the cruise. And that's not right. Nope. Renata's not getting to go to the beauty parlor. Correct. Angelo can't even gamble like he wants to so badly. <laughs> Poor Angelo feels guilty, though, that he is cause of shame on his he's family. a good boy i love that angelo he's a good boy he makes me proud <laughs> don't make me cry oh no he went into into a trance again wake him up <laughs> so everybody's kind of conflicted Correct. right about now you know the cruise is on choppy waters <laughs> because pinky tuscadero she's upset now mm-hmm. because she overheard the cranky skeleton <laughs> threatening the minister who handles all of this, I guess that's how you have to lead your flock. You have to be unflappable. You have to be strong. Mm-hmm. And he, he shows that sort of strength because he's standing by his decision, standing by potentially his new mate. Well, he's calling out her BS. But yeah, and she, though, is she's upset because she thinks that now her whole background, her, her profession is now um, reflecting poorly on him and jeopardizing his his life. Hey, I'm looking all over for you. You know that desertion on the high seas is a serious crime. I could have you thrown in the brig. I'm sorry, I've been hiding out. I realize I'm becoming an embarrassment to you. Embarrassment? Jerry, I've heard what that Mrs. Sharp said. Now what about your board of trustees, huh? Uh, well, let me tell you something about the life of the minister. Every move that he makes is subject to the scrutiny of the board and the ladies' auxiliary and every other single member of his congregation. But in order to lead my flock, I first have to be in charge of my own life. I have to do what I believe in. This above all to thine own self be true, right? It's not the Bible, but Shakespeare's not bad. You know, with a little practice, you'd make a... a great minister's wife. You didn't know she was a classically trained actress, did you? <laughs> no. That was amazing. That's showing she's not just your average stripper. She has brains, too. Yeah, and as an actress, she has range. That was incredible. It was a great scene. <laughs> I love when people are on that part of the, the ship. It's always like a scene of some heavy conversation. Yeah, but they're handling it kind of nicely, and they're you see their relationship develop in kind of a cool way then. Absolutely. Because it's being tested immediately, and they couldn't be more opposite, really, um, from one another. Can we uh, just talk about this whole beauty parlor scene next? Yeah, I find beauty. I always found the idea of a beauty parlor fascinating, especially and, on a cruise ship. Yeah, I love the idea of it, and he does, I guess, finally drag her to the beauty parlor. I'll wait for you in the cabin. Have them call me when you're done. No, no, you be back in an hour. I don't want to wait here alone. I'll be here. I made your next appointment for four thirty. Oh, Mrs. Wilder. Yes, we're ready for you. My wife needs a little help. Sprained her ankle. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course I'll help you. See you in an hour. 
Well, how gorgeous for you. Mr. Weiler, this is absolutely none of my business. But why did you say your wife sprained her ankle? Well, what did you want me to say? What's wrong with the truth? That she can't see at all. She refuses to accept that. I try to make things easier for her. Well, maybe in a way you're making things harder. Perhaps by letting her lean on you, you keep her from standing alone. So I shouldn't let her lean on me, huh? My wife of so many years, the woman I cherish more than life itself, who can't even make it down this passageway by herself. No thanks, Dr. Bricker. I think Audrey and I can do without your sage advice. I have to agree with Doc. Why would you say that she broke her ankle? Yeah, I don't know. I think he would just, I don't know. I think he just was really kind of overwhelmed with the whole thing. And she was just, she was really a lot to deal with. That's just his tactic. You no, know? I, no, I get that. But then like, you got to think at some point, the beauty parlor lady is going to be like, what do you think of this? And then yeah. she can't see, she can't answer that. When she's in the in the beauty parlor, though, does she say, though, I know that she can't see, but does she ask for a Dutch boy haircut? <laughs> like, what would you like to do with your hair? Anything different? No, just I'd like to keep the Dutch boy. <laughs> Let's get to the Thanksgiving dinner. That's this right. It's pretty heavy. Ladies and gentlemen, Chef Antonelli welcomes you to the captain's Thanksgiving dinner. Michelle, did you see the flaming turkeys come out? <laughs> Well, they all came out at once, like 10 turkeys. <laughs> 10 turkeys. They weren't flaming, unfortunately. Only flaming ducks on the ship. But they had about 10 turkeys for everybody for this Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> Everyone's real excited. And they dressed Tony Santini in some kind of fake captain's outfit for some reason. Yeah, I was wondering, why was he dressed like that? I don't know. All of a sudden, they put him. First, he's blue-collar guy. Then, all of a sudden, he's got like some kind of little junior captain's outfit like gopher, on. gopher, almost. Dressed like gopher. And then, I thought that was odd, too. But they're all at the table together. And, you know, they throw it, not not surprisingly, to the minister to say some sort of little prayer. And the minister does what it would always mortify me at your family Thanksgiving, where you all have to share something that you're grateful for. <laughs> With me? Would you do the honors? Certainly, Captain. I can't speak for everybody, but I know that we all have something to give thanks for. So why don't we just join hands? Here we are. And say what makes us grateful. As for me, I've always preached about love. And so I'm especially thankful on this day that I've found someone with whom I can share it. I'm thankful that I found such a wonderful man. And such a courageous one, too. <laughs> the nerve of him flaunting that woman and on a day like this I as much as told him that he wouldn't have a parish if he kept this up you told him what? you heard me and I will see to it too I lost my appetite not just for food for our marriage What I have to say, I, I'll say it in Italian out of respect for my mother and my uncle who speak no English. Mama, una grazie speciale oggi. Addio. Per prima volta. Con tutti mi famiglia. Allo stesso. Tony says he is thankful to God to have his whole family, the, the people that he loves, at the same table. Audrey? I have nothing to be thankful for. Please excuse us. 
when they get to uh, Van Johnson and his wife, she's still upset and she's not thankful. Oh my God, she ruins the whole Thanksgiving basically with her sadness. I know. Jeez, and it's just like, you know, you have the wonderful Italian grace where he's tearing up because he's got his family with him, and that's all that matters. That was really nice, but there's also potential. This is very roller coastery. This whole thing because mm-hmm. then it's like the other dude. Mr. Ed guy, he like he's threatening divorce. Right. There's so, a lot of a lot of uneaten turkey going on in this Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, there's like a storm out and a walkout, and then like super <laughs> emotional, nice like I've fallen in love with a stripper, and it is just a wild Thanksgiving. Well, once again, she had her surprised look on her face when he walked <laughs> out on the Thanksgiving dinner. Well, that she really, she really that was really appropriate because she she basically just got. Uh, split up with by her husband, which she wasn't because she was being so self-righteous that she wasn't prepared for that. That kind of blindsided her. It did. Uh, the whole thing, like you said, ended with uh, with Audrey, you know, just getting up and leaving because she has nothing to be grateful for. They're back in their room. Plot twist. Well, it's just at some point it's the final straw and you, you, you have to take a stand in some way. And Van Johnson, the way that he does this dramatic turn (laughs) out of the room, leaving her to fend for herself. With just her cane. Oh, my goodness. is one of the most glorious scenes. I loved it so very much. I'm sorry, Bert. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Well, we never should have come on this ship. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Next time I'll know better. I'll stay home. What, for the rest of your life? Well, what else can I do? I know my way around the apartment. And you'll be retired soon, and you'll be there with me. Audrey, I may not be there someday. What do you mean? Well, I can't live forever. Lord, don't talk like that. Oh, Bert, Bert, I'm so frightened. sweetheart, your life is never going to be the same. But it still can be full and rich and rewarding. But first, you're going to have to learn to accept what's happening to you. And take your first step as a blind wolf. Now, here's your cane, baby. I'm going to the lounge. It's to the right at the end of the passageway. I'll meet you there. Bert, please, please don't leave me. I do appreciate, though, that he tells her what direction to go. (laughs) She can't see, but make her right. He gave her directions. (laughs) And uh, he heads like where he goes off to the bar and to see if if this if this has the intended impact. Uh, While all that's happening, you got uh, Alan Young back gambling. Yes, he is. And Boney Maroney comes chasing after (laughs) to see if this divorce is really true. Phil, were you serious? I'll get an apartment just as soon as we get back. Should be able to move in inside a week or two. Meanwhile, I'll just stay in a hotel. You are serious? Uh Uh-huh. Along 
the wine, we started thinking differently. I don't understand. You've become so self-righteous and narrow. Sometimes you do things in the name of your church that I don't understand. Maybe I'm equally responsible. Maybe I shouldn't have spent so much time at the track. But we're all sinners, Barb. No one is holier than the next. I was holier. I made the church a substitute. I let my marriage go to pot. And now I, I'm going to lose you. Phil, what would it take to make you stay? No. No, no, don't, don't answer that. I'll go and I'll talk to Reverend Whitney right away. I'll take back everything I said. I'll change, Phil. I, I mean it. Oh, dear. Phil, let me. I'm not going to lie. Yes. We could use that speech right about now. He was great. Everything he said was spot on. We're all sinners. And I think that's what the ship, it's always trying to teach all of us. Absolutely. Take it easy. Enjoy yourselves. You know, it's like I heard the song, you know, it's it was kind of sad from the passing of the lead singer of the specials, which was terribly tragic. And the song like Enjoy Yourself, you know that one? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's later than you think. And it's like, I think that's the message really of all of this. And I really, I agree with you, Michelle. I absolutely agree. Van Johnson's wife could have used that speech, but who shows up in the lounge? This is one of my, also another fan, maybe the best scene of them all, you guys, in my opinion. Mr. Wyler, I'm sorry if I upset you this afternoon. Doctor, you're the first one with nerve enough to tell me the truth. Is Mrs. Wyler okay? I hope so, Isaac. I just left her in the cabin alone. I told her I'd meet her here. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Maybe I should go to her. I don't think you should leave just yet. Not yet. Good evening, Mrs. Wyler. You're looking lovely this evening. Who's that? It's Gopher. You know, if I were your husband, I'd start getting jealous. You're much too beautiful to be left alone. Good evening, Gopher. Good evening, Captain. Lovely lady. Rumor has it that you're a pretty fair dancer. Ah, you see? There you go. Wolves everywhere. (laughs) I may not be John Travolta, but I think I can bumble through. I don't know. I'm blind, you know. Well, I'm tone deaf myself. But I think between the two of us, we can do a pretty fair fox fun. This way.
excuse me, may I cut in? Well, I think a man should be allowed to dance with his wife. I love you. Well, I was so wrong. And I'm so ashamed. I do have something to be grateful for. You. I think that that was really a wonderful with with bits of legitimate humor thrown in without that humor taking away from the seriousness of that scene. And I thought that they did that great. Hey, did you see your guy was on the dance floor? Who? My guy. I don't have a guy. The man of mystery. He was? <laughs> he was on the, always on the dance floor. You always have to look for him on the dance floor. See, I was so moved by this scene that I didn't even notice. <laughs> it, it Johnny really, Disco was on the dance floor? It was floor? really brief and it was of like a side back view, but I did notice him. Johnny Disco? Yes. Oh, man. Now I got to watch this for a third time <laughs> to see Johnny Disco. It's really quick. I don't but, think But I, I always go to look for him because he's always out on the dance floor, usually. Oh or God. in a lounge smoking a cigarette. Your boy, Anthony. It's not Anthony. What is it? Oh, my God. You got to stereotype. Stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stereotype all us Italian Italians. What's D'Angelo. Oh, okay. All right, let me cut. So your boy Angelo. My boy. Uh, ends up back in the casino. He loves gambling. <laughs> He's watching um Alan Young do his final gambling with his last of his coins. See, but Angelo is a sweet boy. Right. Because he thinks that he is run out of money when his family, in fact, is in need of money. Fifteen hundred smackaronis. So he gives him his his coveted silver dollar. Silver dollar. That's a big move for a kid to it do. Is. He gives it to this guy who he thinks has no money left because he's a good boy. And then as they reconcile, because how can you let go of a beautiful 20-pound <laughs> wife? <laughs> well, her hair is 20 pounds. Yeah, so she weighs a grand total of 25, probably. <laughs> that he plays the slots, and he wins big, and then what happens? They put it in her scarf. And Angelo and his family are sitting <clears throat> in the lounge, sad about how they're going to come up with this money. I don't know if they were sad. No, they, were they were concerned. The Italians know how to party, and That's they were having true. a they good were, time. They were having, you're right. They were having a good they're time. They good with drinks with umbrellas in it. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, which was nice, he gave them the money. Oh, and that also was kind of weird, because he's sort of like the freewheeling guy, and he didn't pocket the money himself, and he's not the religious guy, and he was honest and then well, brought that money to I think that, that was the whole them. point of, yeah, like, cool. the thing is, like, he's not the religious guy, and he that's didn't awesome. go to church, but he acted yeah, way better than his that. wife did, oh. which is what I'm saying is... Yeah, some College. of the people sitting in the front row of these churches, right. and they're doing the worst of the worst, while the other people, like you and me, baby, were out there fighting the good fight every single day, trying to bring joy to people's right. lives. So, and he has no idea that they owe money to the to the cruise line. So he, but he's like honest, and he's like, "You gave me this 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 money, so this is your money that I won." Because the kid can't gamble because he's not old enough. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So that wraps that family's cruise up real nice. Yeah, because Angelo's going to pay for the whole family now. Mm-hmm. Man, that's awesome. I know. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Right. <laughs> and aren't the stripper and the minister going to get married? Well, it certainly seems like it, as they are now all best buddies, you know, and they're leaving the cruise together. I believe that's what the other woman is kind of insinuating. All I can say is, if that women's auxiliary or the board even dare to open up their mouth, they'll have me to answer to. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and Reverend, thank you for understanding. You know, I think the Book of Solomon says it best. 
They that put their trust in him shall understand the truth. And the truth is that you're a very fine woman, Barbara. All I can say is I have learned more on this cruise than I have in a month of Sundays. <laughs> and they bump right into the Weiler family, who are now, they have a new lease on life in a way. Mm. And they say their goodbyes. Mr. and Mrs. Weiler, it's been a pleasure sailing with you. It was our pleasure. Well, what's next for you two? Well, Audrey's going to teach youngsters dancing at the Braille Institute. Yes, just as soon as I learn a few things myself. Poor Bert, he's going to have to get along for a few hours a day without me. We're going to make it just fine, Doctor. Mrs. Weiler, good luck to you. Goodbye. Thank you, Sarah. God bless. I like her attitude now. Yeah, she's got a new new lease, a yep. new freewheeling attitude. She's dancing at the uh, blind school. And then bonus serum, Michelle. <laughs> it's time for a Larry Storage. With it. <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> a terrible, offensive Italian accent. I'll let it slide, Storch. Storch lived, didn't he? He just recently passed away. That made me bummed out, man. He lived. He was almost like a hundred or something, wasn't he? He he did just recently die. But he was yeah, like he's a pretty old dude. He was 99. That's what I'm saying. I see. Almost 100 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Because you had that Chianti, and it keeps you alive. Olive oil, garlic, it's an antioxidant. You live forever. (laughs) (laughs) And they all say goodbye, including the chicken. There you go, Angelo. Paid in full for six passengers. Tony, I want to thank you for sharing your family with us. It was a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank me, Captain. Thank you. Thank you, Captain. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tante grazie, Capitano. Mille grazie, Capitano. I think he's happy he's not a turkey. (laughs) And that's it. I mean, that's the episode. I really like this episode a lot. A lot of life lessons. It moved really quickly, but it was also kind of jam-packed and... Thought it was good. I did too. Got to see the olive tree again in the dining room that I like to see. <laughs> With cantaloupe. Right? Yeah, tower of olives and cantaloupe. <laughs> and such a weird combination. And then tons of turkeys. I'm going to make that for Thanksgiving. Uh, we hope you guys liked it too. Again, we got some really cool uh, emails recently, and it's great to know that you guys are out there. And it's fantastic when people are contributing things. Uh, whether it's like guest appearances on the show or like we got the brochure from the very first uh cruise that i posted on instagram is super cool and exactly what michelle and i hoped the show would turn into really i super appreciate like knowing that people like it as much as we do so it's really really awesome yeah thanks you guys and until episode 35 i am ishvan and i'm michelle captain stubing captain stubing please come to the bridge and we are loving Loving the the love boat. boat